Uh, what's up, everybody? And welcome to this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports. And tonight, we touch on everything COVID. Uh, NBA basketball in the bubble, COVID. Uh, college football, COVID. Uh, NFL football, COVID. And we're talking COVID and we're talking sports. So make sure you tune in on this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. Today is July 30th of 2020. We don't throw this year away yet? Yeah, I guess not. I guess we got five more months to go. But either way, what's going on, fellas? I am doing good. It's a nice, uh, warm summer evening. Midsummer evening, I should say. Get your asses in the house. What does that tell you? <laughs> Midsummer evening. I'm in the house. The pandemic, <laughs> cool. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> like, you didn't really have a choice. <laughs> well, I probably would have been in the house anyway. But, uh... <laughs> Pandemic or no pandemic, still warm. <laughs> yeah, even though it is a pandemic, it's way too hot to be outside right now. Yeah, that right. Oh, it's 90, 96, 97. Felt like yeah, yeah. I'm not a hot, I'm not a summer person at this when it's like that. And I'm a summer person, so I do like it. <laughs> Did you like it as a kid too? I liked it as a kid, but I can't tolerate that crap now. Uh, yeah, I liked it as a kid. The the humidity, it's but I take the dry heat though. No, yes. Us <laughs> sluffy folk, <laughs> you know, we don't we we we, we are partial to the cold weather. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, whatever, whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, it's good to know we're still in good spirits despite what all of 2020. Oh, can we have a moment of silence for the passing of John Lewis? Uh, I was about to mention an icon for civil rights and everything that he's done for a voter for us to have the ability to vote. So just take a quick moment of silence just to pay homage to him. All right, fellas, great. Thank you very much. Rest in peace, sir. You're, you may be gone, but your legacy, you know, we're gonna follow up and make sure that we continue to push the fight that you started back in 1960s and crazy how he believes, well, it's, He's seen great strides, but we still have a long ways to go before we can fully say that everything is somewhat equal. So with that being said, let's go jump right into it. Tonight's kicked off the, the restart of the NBA. We already saw New Orleans Pelicans versus versus Utah Jazz, and I believe Utah won the game. I stepped away right at the very end. So what if I had to guess Utah didn't win the game? Um, they did by two. Yeah, typical New Orleans. They're not gonna make the playoffs. Though I like them. I wanted to see them all make the playoffs. But, um, I don't know about that, but we'll, we could talk about that down the road. Uh, I mean, it, it would have been a nice little comeback story for Zion, considering he he missed the first thirty some odd, forty some odd games and came back on the tear and led them into a scenario where they're even in the mix to make the playoffs. So you know, I thought that was really encouraging. Um, but. I, I know we talked, I, I mentioned this briefly before we got started, but I was really impressed. I didn't watch any of the preseason games other than what I might have seen in highlights or on Bleacher Report clips or whatever, but the presentation, how the NBA has everything set up, uh, how Disney has the whole setup with their gymnasium, I, it's, I'm impressed. 
Uh, I like the fake crowds. I love the crowd noise. You you would think they're truly in an arena without the without the uh, without the fans. So I'm I'm really really digging the whole vibe of how the NBA is coming back, and the fact that you know their whole testing and how everything is kind of going on uh, with their situation in their bubble. They uh they have a model that's that if this should happen to be something they need to do next season. Their model's tested, and they know that if they wanted to expand at different bubbles throughout the country, they could do so with ease because they've they seem as though they have a pretty good product, and it's working efficiently. Yeah, no, I'm um, the, the, I have to admit, I had some reservations of it, um, being in it though that I was in Florida, um, with everything the spike and everything how it is, but. I have to be honest, when they locked it down, they really locked it down. Um, despite some reservations, you know, some people trying to do some things and stuff like that. Um, to move, um, once they was in the bubble, they had to lock everything down. And um, I saw a clip, a video clip with Rachel Nichols saying how, like, they done, like, everything is far on the back end. Like, um, people um, purchasing stuff from Amazon and shipping it to the, to the uh, bubble how they disinfect and clean everything, you know, getting the stuff that they wanted and everything. I was like, they really, it seems like they had a handle on this. And for it to happen and still had no um, cases, new grown cases of COVID um, with the players while they was inside the bubble is really telling. And it shows that that procedure, to, I mean, the bubble is working for them. So I have to give credit where credit was due. Uh, yeah, I mean, so far, so good. I mean, um, I watched a few of the preseason games I was able to catch. Um, you know, it, to me, it looked like almost like summer league, um, games or even like watching the Olympics, which would be going on right now as we speak, if it wasn't for the pandemic, kind of reminds me of a summer league or Olympic basketball by being in the summer with those guys out there. But, you know, like you said, I mean, they've been able to, you know, for the most part, you know, keep the bubble intact. I mean, there have been some players that went out for emergency purposes. For the most part, all of them came back um, with no incident outside of Lou Williams going to Magic City to get some wings. Um, I'm not going to doubt that he didn't want to go for wings, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> but for the most part, I mean, you know, I think we're all excited to see. I mean, um, Right now, it's the first night. They've been there for a couple of weeks now. My curiosity is going to be what's going to happen once they're like a month in. Um, you know, a lot of guys are going to start getting that itch even more. You're around your boys and your friends having a good time. But after a while, let's all spade a spade. They ain't seen much of the opposite sex. So who knows what's going to happen. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if one or two people try to, you know, sneak somebody in or try to sneak out without getting caught. But um, I hope they don't um because this is probably i mean nothing is foolproof in my opinion but this is probably the best way you can maintain a bubble by getting everybody in one centralized location keeping everybody there as best as possible um i mean i think they're going to be able to maintain it short of anybody really being stupid and you getting a rash of cases but like you said al no one says the positive so everybody's in that bubble is good if you start getting a whole bunch of people testing positive there's going to be like where you been <laughs> or, or who or who's there that wasn't there before so you know it looks good now I'm excited for it let's see how it looks in the month from now
Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I didn't really pay much attention to the who the players could bring in the in the bubble with them. Were they able to bring one person with them if they so choose? Or they was just by themselves? They're by themselves. So right now, um, I think they said once they get into the playoffs, and I think when you start getting, I think maybe you pass, I guess, the first round or second, then they're going to, I think they're going to allow some family members to come at that particular point in time. Um, but as of right now, no, it's just them and that's it. <laughs> Gotcha. And, I th- and I think most 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 players probably unless they get into the finals, I would be like, "Yo, just stay where you're at." <laughs> you know, these, I mean, this Joker can even stay away long enough. Okay, yes, he grabs some wings at Magic City. I mean, it's are the wings really that good? I mean, we were there once. I mean, we didn't eat, but I didn't see nobody eat no damn Magic City wings when he stepped foot up in that joint. <laughs> I, I never did. We've been there, I, you know, <laughs> but I have heard, and it's been, I've, I've heard before that the wings and stuff is quite, you know, you know, you know, quite good. And I think even Lou Williams has a, has some wings named after him, like some sweet Lou wings yeah. or something like that. So um, I've never tried them, but I have heard that they are, you know, that they are really, really good. Well, guys, I guess if you, if you got wings named after you, I guess you do have to go. <laughs> you got to patronize your your wings, I assume. <laughs> yeah, I think at this stage, you you know, obviously, if it's named after if it's named after him, it must be for a reason. So <laughs> I can see before. I mean, let's be honest. Like, if he's there and they have wings named after him. Obviously, there must be a reason why those wings are named after him. There, he's a, he's so a, he's a norm of the. He's like norm of cheers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I'm pretty sure that however it is, whatever this this however this is set, I'm pretty sure that Lou is pretty much you could say has a has a sweet spot for Magic City. No pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you can't get it. Like they have wings with your names on it. For I mean, come on. Like you, there's no way to sugarcoat this at this stage. <laughs> well, look. I mean, yeah. I mean, all right. Maybe it was. Maybe he wasn't, <laughs> but you were. You got caught with a picture inside the club, yes. getting some wings. So, ergo, if you didn't get caught with a picture, you wouldn't have told anybody that you was there. Exactly. Exactly. You exactly. went right back down to the bubble and act like everything was all good, as long as no one, you know, dimed you out and you got dimed out. So that makes you wonder. Yeah, I just so the whole beef. I don't know if it's beef per se, but the whole back and forth between him and Kendrick Perkins. Uh, is there some legitimate type of uh, talk with Perk when he's talking about, you know, you went up in the Magic City to get some, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, he's coming out there saying get some wings. Like, but just like you said, if it was just wings, you don't have a problem coming out there saying, yeah, I stopped him there to get some wings. But 
there's actual proof of you being there. Now you have no choice but to admit that you were there. So I wonder if what Perk said had any relevance, and that's why he got all ruffled uh, <laughs> by the whole back and forth. <laughs> Perk's still trying to be like the like like the old you know bullies down that's on the court, always trying to you know push somebody around and. And a lot of stuff that he says on the morning shows, I just laugh because I'm like, you're talking out of both sides of your ass. But that's a whole different story with Perk. Anyway, um, maybe I guess it struck a chord. <laughs> but you made you made uh, but you made you made uh, a good point. I mean, if it wasn't a big deal, you just come out and say something. Yeah. But because it, it took a picture and somebody's posting on social media or whatever for it to come to light, you're right. He probably would not have said something. And what happens? And but what happens if he would have gotten somebody sick? You know, then the whole the whole NBA bubble would have been epic fail, just because he wanted to grab some wings, some sweet new wings <laughs> at Magic City, which is just crazy. He could have just gotten this. <laughs> could, you could you could have you could have did um curbside exactly <laughs> exactly but, then you could have got a rapid test chick you know get her tested and come dance for you in your own place you know <laughs> well i will say this that's why i have to give kudos to adam silver for the punishment that he gave towards lou at this stage um just quarantining him like basically by the lines like yo you you know you broke out the bubble so you got once you come back you got to start that whole process all over again mm -hmm. no matter what so um I, I say this i think that now that they're taking this uh, now that they're taking this city seriously especially with the season starting now um they're gonna really have to maintain this bubble and i know that adam silver is looking at every possible way to keep this bubble going because they don't want it to be to a position where they got to stop the NBA season, then reevaluate again. They want this to go completely through with no issues and no quorum. So um, I'm pretty sure Adam Silver is like looking at this, like you guys got to be on your P's and Q's on this. Yeah. Cause it's going to be a situation where, you know, that might get to the point where saying if you leave the bubble, you can't come back. I mean, um, now the guys that have left have been for some family, you know, emergencies or a funeral. And for the most part, all players have, you know, left, came back and, you know, and did their required, you know, quarantine days and they were all, you know, good to go. Um, I think the guys that were trying to get food from outside the bubble that were there got their hands slapped. So everybody, uh, <laughs> I think, got, got the point. But, um, yeah, I agree with you, man. I think Adam Silver is going to have to really be like, look, we did all this so we can get this, you know, you know, season finished. We wanted it. You wanted it. There's money on the line for everybody. Don't mess up everybody's money. Yep. If, if I have to put it like this, either, A, you leave. I don't want to do it. But if you leave, you can't come back. Yeah. And, and not only that, I mean, like, you don't want to be that dude where you mess up the NBA season for all your players, your 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 teammates as well. Not just your teammates, but for all the other NBA players. You don't want to be that dude where you get that rib of being the dude that cost the NBA season. You don't want that. You don't want to be Rudy Gobert. <laughs> oh, right, right. 
Yeah, cause, well, I mean, luckily that happened before all this went down. Could you imagine it during the season? And then that would be it forever known as his name, the guy that ended the NBA season in but 2020. Kinda, yeah, but, but in, in the, well, it probably would have, but I think the season might have probably stopped, I mean, got halted eventually, but mm -hmm. he basically fast-forwarded to that night once he tested positive. It was like, oh, we got to shut it down. I mean, they have been talking about it. No one had – they were going to go without fans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And going to yeah. try to finish the season without fans. But once he tested positive, they – Yeah. No, everything, but, everything got rolled after that. Yeah, but now, like, you know, now because of the restart and everything like that, now all is, quote, unquote, forgiven. But – um, <laughs> let's, let's be honest, like, all right, the first one, you don't know everything about the, you know, it was not, not every people was still trying to get more information about the COVID. I get that. But now jump to now, like with everything being on the outside, now, now, you know, everything, or at least as much as you need to know, like if you were to shut this down because you, whatever reason, got yourself contracted with the COVID and you shut down the NBA season then, you know, that's for, that's going to be edged on you, on that player. Like, it'll be worse off than what everybody was getting um, J.R. Smith on for that call, you know, for that thing that he did with LeBron James. It'll be worse than that. Like, he, he, a lot of teammates will be on him, not just his teammates, but a lot of NBA teams and players will be on that same level, be like, nah, dude, you, you messed up my money. Like... <laughs> Like, you really messing up my money. I had an opportunity probably to go as far as I could be in the NBA restart where teams, you know what I'm saying, there's teams now that have a legitimate shot that may not have had a shot in the playoffs previously, may now have a, le a legitimate shot. And now they don't because of this season being ruined. So you don't want to be labeled that dude. Yeah, but what's – but I wonder – not the not the the harp or beat a dead horse, but we're talking about they're allowing family members to come maybe after the first round. But if they come, do they quarantine for two weeks prior? You know, once they get there, and if they quarantine, where are they quarantine at? They got to quarantine in a different room before they can even make it to the room where old boy is. You know, to, to come visit. Like, how does that whole thing work? <laughs> but my but my question is, um, um, all right, my question is is why. Because are they going to be? And not only that, if once they get quarantined, are they going to be? Are um, are they going to be in the? I mean, sitting in the stands, or how would that even happen? They if what would be the purpose of them coming if everything, as far as the games is concerned, is already like um limited. You you got the media, you got the players, you got the referees, you got. The, the 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 people behind the scenes that run the, the the air the games like how would the the family be involved I mean how would the family be able to what would be the purpose of the families coming there is the question I would have yeah I don't know and and even when they when they had mentioned that there was really not a whole lot of you know more information behind that so it kind of seemed like they put it out there like you know once we get down to where it's not that many teams there you know, then we'll allow some family members in there, but they never really gave, gave out any definitive guidelines to how that, how it's going to play out. I haven't heard much more about it 
since maybe like about a few weeks ago. So it might be a situation where they might opt altogether not to. Mm-hmm. My guess is is that they probably either A, won't let anybody come un- unless it's like, quote unquote, the finals. And then they'll probably have, but then again, you have to quarantine for so many days and then yada, yada, yada. How is that going to, like you said, how is that going to all play out? So I don't know. I mean, my guess is they're probably not going to have anybody there or or they'll have to be quarantined for a certain amount of days, pre-tested before you get there, a whole bunch of other stuff. But mm. that would be like mid, quote-unquote, school season, virtual, or whatever you do. Mm. So I think most players are probably going to be like, at this point, you know, just just don't come. <laughs> <laughs> Out of safety precautions, that is, because you don't want to, you know, take a chance. Yeah. Even yeah. though they're probably good within a bubble, I mean, just the fact of the travel, getting around there, you know, that might be not something that most players might want to feel like they want to put their families, you know, or loved ones through. Yeah, but then you got the, EG, the IG thoughts, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're willing to put themselves through. And I'm pretty sure they're looking around at that resort trying to figure out how to how to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> they're itching for a scratch, man. <laughs> Plotting every, every day and night to try to get it, get it going. Right. <laughs> oh, man, that's crazy. But once again, it's nice to see some NBA back on TV, man. Look, it's just nice to have a full complement of different sports to kind of watch on TV now. That's true. You know, we got NBA. We we we, uh, we have NASCAR back on TV. Formula One is on TV. You got golf. Uh, you got baseball. Yeah. Uh, and talking about baseball, you know they they have a challenging time just because of the type of sport it is and. It's kind of hard to play baseball in a bubble, especially with the rosters and the kind of space that's needed for a field and all that good stuff. And and obviously, being that some of the teams are based on some hot spots, we have a situation where we have the Miami Marlins who have now tested for 19 players. 19, 19 players of staff have been tested positive for COVID. And also, two staff members for the Phillies have tested positive. So, with that being said, do you guys believe that baseball will finish this season? That's a good question. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be a couple of pauses. Um before they make the decision. If it's multiple, I mean, like, if it's more than maybe twice the season start, I can honestly see them pausing some of the, the pausing, just like what they did with the Marlins. I can see them pausing some of the team schedules um, and rearranging something where the teams played all the other remaining. But if it gets to the point where it's way too much to handle, then I could see them shutting it down. I think they're going to try to do their best to keep it going, even with one or two teams um, may have an outbreak. But I think when it gets to more than two teams, I could see them eventually shutting it down or pausing it for the, for until they get things right. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm hoping. Um. <laughs> Uh, optimistic, uh, but who knows? I mean, um, like you said, the Florida Marlins. I mean, damn near the entire team 
I mean, it's, it's coming to test the positive. It's like, okay, either A, where you guys been, or B, who, who's been somewhere that got all you guys, you know, jammed up. But the fact that you have one Florida Marlin test the positive two days before, they still elected to play the Phillies. And the next thing you know, the whole team is, you know, contracted. Um, that's that's, that's the, the problem for mine right there. Yeah, that's yeah. the more questionable part. I mean, you still allowed them to play. I mean, you know, one person is one person enough on the team. They've all been, you know, around, even though, you know, they're not, you know, as far as we know, face-to-face or whatever. But still, you're with your team and you're around your players. If you're going to let one person test positive and then you let the rest of the team play, you're putting everybody at risk, and that's just exactly what happened. Yeah. That's, that shit was bananas. Like, they said that one or two players tested positive that, that Saturday game. They called a team meeting to say, hey, a and B are tested positive. Do you guys still want to play? <laughs> and then Jokers was like, yeah, we want to play. <laughs> now look at the ads. <laughs> well, that is about the best description of the mindset of most of the people in this country um, yeah. when it comes to this COVID virus. And when they think, oh, well, one or two people got, you know, one or two of your friends got tested positive for the COVID. Do you all, all you guys still want to go out? Even though you was with them yesterday? Yeah, we're good. We don't need no mask. We can go out. What happens? They, everybody got it. So, you know, it's, you know, you don't want to tell them that they're living in the fantasy world, but this is the, this is the, the inherent risk that's going to follow every team for the rest of the season if they're able to finish. And this is the inherent risk that's troubling for college football in the NFL, because there is no true bubble. You're leaving everybody up to the honor system. And Mm -hmm. so, if one person tests positive for a college football team, even though you have 80-plus other players, you got to shut the whole team down. You can't just play. If one NFL player plays, even though he's the person on the bench, if that one person plays, is not the starter, you can't let them all play. And I think that's the problem that, you know, I think it's scaring the, the, the bejesus out of the NFL uh, more so than college football. Well, yeah. I like the idea of how baseball has uh, the the roster right now is thirty, and obviously, and then they have thirty people that are, are in their their offsite location where they practice amongst one another, and they're there in the event if something happens and they need to be called up. But I'm surprised what they didn't do was okay if you got twenty people that are you know, that got the virus, then all right, make the 20, you know, the B team got to come up. And the B team got to come up and take these lumps. You know, you can't mess around and have, you know, uh, not play games because of this situation. That's the whole point of having these is, these expanded rosters. I mean, what's the point of giving you giving a team 60 players the, the ability to have 30 additional players if you're telling me I can't call up 20 at a moment's notice once we disinfect everything, get everything straightened out because if your office, if somebody in your office right now eating test positive, what's your office going to do? They're going to shut down for a day. They're going to clean that building thoroughly. They'll do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. And then that following day, they're going to tell your ass it's going to work. So I don't see why they didn't follow the same protocol with this. You know, you clean down that locker room, you you scrub it down completely. You know, you get those people in there spraying all that stuff in there. And then you get them kids that 
frankly, you know they're, they're not going to win no games for you. But call them up, play the games, and when those guys are done, you send them back down and bring the other ones back up. I, I think that's the same thing that NFL is going to have to do. And this, I think this season will give those players who typically would have gotten cut, with, you know, go to the Arena League or go to the CFL or go to whatever leagues that are available, the opportunity, the one-life, one-time opportunity to get into the NFL and actually play a game. Because these teams need to have the opportunity to be like the next man up. You got to disinfect and then you got to bring the next people up. And so be, they just got to be practicing somewhere else and in hopes that they get that call. I think that has to go to the only the only sport that doesn't really have to worry about that is probably soccer or um, or basketball because they're they're in the bubbles, so they know how to contain it. But like with baseball and football, I think that's the way they got to roll. Here's the here's the one problem with that though. Um, players association is not going to players union is not going to be okay with that though, um, because there's going to be some gripes and concerns about that. Um, for the simple fact is is that. You know, and to be honest, it almost because there's players now in the NFL definitely that are right now opting out. So um, the question I have is, is that, like, for example, the Patriots, six of their players opted out for the 2020 season. So the question is now how they're going to refill those six, those six positions um, and who are they going to pick? I think that is more interesting in itself of what they're going to do going forward. Um, I, I, it's right now, like you would think with the NFL and the major league baseball being the way that they are, um, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not saying like baffled, but it's kind of surprising the fact that there wasn't nothing more concrete to handle this, um, at this case. And it almost looked like they don't really have something as solid as it should because, it just seems as though that they wasn't prepared in some way, shape, or form about the season coming. It looks like the season is coming and they're going to, whatever happens, happens approach. And I think the reality is most people were under the assumption that by the time you got to the summertime, that the, the numbers would be low and possibly the virus itself won't be as rampant as it is right now. So, I mean, the NFL basically was just did a, a wait and see approach. They were acting even after the draft, like they were going to go. Sure they were going to go as, you know, business as usual. And now you're getting to the point where the virus is still, you know, very rampant in a lot of areas. A lot of NFL cities, <laughs> the numbers are very high. Um, so, but yeah, I, you know, the, the question is basically you're going to have a roster ready that knows all the plays and knows what to do. Baseball, I guess you can probably say you might be able to be able to get away with it a little bit easier because, you know, you can bring a person in there, a pitcher, you know, maybe get warmed up. He doesn't have to be the first pitcher ready to go or right. that batter doesn't have to be ready to go that day because you got other people to fill in. But, you know, but as football, I mean, you know, practice squad, yeah. But what happens if you have a situation like tomorrow? That's the, almost the worst case scenario where you have, you know, that amount of people. I mean, you keep a roster ready of of players like 10 plus or 15 plus that you have to be ready to pay to come in. Um, you see the NFL is squawking at the money that they want to kick out now to do what they're doing as it is. Um, not to say that it couldn't be done, but ideally that's what they should do. But that might be a, might be a little more complicated than it sounds. Uh, 
Well, not if you have to deal. If you're doing like one or two people, then yeah. But when you got to deal with like the Marlins got 16, <laughs> hmm. they got to field an entire, practically almost an entire team. Agreed. But then my whole thing is, why do you give each individual baseball team 30 additional players for this 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 special circumstance? You know, typically they have their farm systems, AAA, AA, A, Class A, mm-hmm. whatever, and they move them up. We, we know the process. They move them yeah. up and down or whatever. But in this situation, I think that the whole point of having 30 guys where, for example, here in Baltimore, the Orioles have their team in Baltimore, obviously. But then they have their 30 other guys playing in Bowie, at the Bowie Bay Sox Stadium, where if they need to bring up five or seven guys at one time, they could just do it just like that. So Major League Baseball did this for a point or for a reason. But I just don't understand if that was the whole point to bring up a mass amount of people at one time, what's the difference between doing five and 19? If their biggest fear is, you know, the clubhouse or whatever, then you go out there and disinfect and do what you need to do for the two days because it's still work. It's still a place of business. Your business, my business, whatever. You get a day to clean it down and then you back in the next day. That's the whole point. And in football's sake, I understand, you know, NFL owners are just cheap. They make all these billions of dollars. Shit, all owners are cheap. You yeah, saw, how much, yeah. you saw how much <laughs> Major League Baseball players are trying to get a whole lot of money from this. I agree. But in NFL, they, you know they cheap as shit. <laughs> <laughs> and if they want to they want to put a product out in the field. Well, damn it, if you want a product on the field, you're going to need an additional. And I say this they typically would carry five in practice squad. At this point, they said they would carry 60 players or 65 players on the squad. I don't know how many practice squad. But they literally need to carry, I would say, 20 on offense. They need to have 40 on the practice squad if they want to be legitimate and play this game for a full season. Maybe you don't pay them. You pay them 25000 30000 for whatever, but those cats that have the opportunity to be on a practice squad will take that opportunity and run with it if they really want to play. Because that's still more than what they probably would make in a couple of games playing in the real in the, uh, in the arena league or whatever. And if you get called up to the show or you get called up to the NFL, you know, for a game or two, then you, you get some sort of significant bump. But if they want to have a season, that's what they're going to have to do because they have to be cognizant of the fact that it is possible that the entire offense and or defensive side of the ball can catch this shit. But they need players to be able to practice. And that's the only way that they can sit there and practice them to get them the reps that they need to at least have them competent enough to play. They, they'll get their butt kicked, obviously, because they're not practicing you know, against the ones and the twos. But at least they'll know the offense and they'll know the defense enough to at least go out there and make it look like they could perform somewhat. But the problem is, is that none of the teams, like you said, none of, none of the owners or teams have done anything to do to in in that act. And they haven't even, they were, there's not even a plan in place of that. You see what I'm saying? Like the problem is, is that they, they like you said, they cheap. I mean, at this stage, no one has said, you know what, I think that would be the best route to go. Or so as this particular team, this is what we're going to do. 
you don't see that. Like, it seems as though that everything is at a stand stalemate. Like you said, it's like it's just everything is just running the status quo and no one is planned for in case of at this stage. And it, it's, you know, and now it's leaving them with the bag, you know, half empty because of the fact is that no one is planned for something like this to happen. Like, it's crazy that the Marlins didn't already have a contingency plan for something like this in case this was to happen. Because um, nobody was, in my opinion, that forward-thinking. I mean, you might anticipate it one-offs here and there, but I don't think anybody necessarily anticipated the number being, what, what was it, 16 ace? That was the... 19, it's 19 19- total with players and staff. I think it's 17 players. So my thing is, like, the NFL and the major leagues, they never really created a quote-unquote bubble. I mean, I always thought that try to do something like how at least what the NBA did. I mean, you maybe you put everybody in, like, these hotels and let those hotels be where the players, you know, live, eat, breathe, and that's where they stay. And all they do is be at the hotel, travel to the stadium to practice, travel back to the hotel, then travel to your next location, travel back to the hotel. You don't go anywhere. You just go from the hotel to the stadium to practice, and then you fly to your games, and then you always stay there. Now, that might be too long because you're doing the whole season, but, I mean, you something like that could at least limit the amount of exposure that you're going to have by being other places. Well, the only place I could see that happening is Vegas. And because they just opened up where the Raiders are playing, and also the University of Las Vegas. Um, hmm. You could have... Now, this would be like a sports fan's dream where they could have up to four games a day over a three games over a three or four game stretch, if that even makes sense. But then where would they practice? They would have to find open fields. Like, you'd have to do, like, sandlot, sandlot practices for these <laughs> Or open up auditoriums for them to practice where they can't do much tackling or whatever, you know what I mean? It will be some sloppy-ass football. But that's the only place I can see it happening because that's the only place where I can see where they have enough hotels where each each uh, football team can have their own separate hotel. Yeah, and I don't think the NFL wants to open up that Pandora's box of putting all those NFL players in Vegas. Shit, you see how they're acting up in Disney at the, at the Mickey Mouse area? <laughs> you want to put them in Sin City for like for for five months? Yeah, that's a recipe. Well, I mean, you have to close off them damn casinos. Well, you know and what? That ain't- and that ain't happening. They just they just got open. They ain't closing off nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, if they were smart, they wouldn't go in there because they lose their damn money. But I mean, they. But you know what? Like there's, I mean, like you said, um, because when you said that, like I'm thinking like, um, similar to like with the um, huh, MetLife Stadium. Like there's so many hotels surrounding there, and like. They could at least like picture some type of idea, like you said, where it can happen. And if they, you know, really wanted to enforce it, it could make it work. But it's like you said, so there was no forward thinking of this. Like instead of just, I'm pretty sure like no one, the owners didn't come to like have a meeting and say, okay, what we need to do to lock this down. Like, and it's unfortunate because. Roger Goodell didn't do anything to to say this is what we should be doing and this is how we should do to minimize any risk going forward. 
Um, and it's it's a shame, not just in NFL, but in Major League Baseball as well. And like you said, soccer, um, basketball, and WNBA, um, they're all in a place where now they can continue the rest of their season because they know for a fact that this plan is at least working for now. So yeah, even, they, the, even the NHL is probably going to be able to start in probably because they're quarantined in like what two or three cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but that's the nature of having a forward-thinking plan. Like they just got ahead of it way before this even came to back. Like it's like yo, before we get to any worse, I know it's going to be in Florida where it's constantly growing the number of cases. Like, this is what we're going to do. We are going to shut it down where we are at. We don't want nothing to go through. We want everyone to be tested. This is how we locking it down. Like, then this is what's going to happen. Like, if the NFL and the Major League Baseball would have done something to that extent to say at least this is what we're going to do, I think it would have helped out the situation a little bit better than where it is right now. Yeah. I, uh, like I said, I, I truly believe – when they looked at the whole situation back in March and April, they probably, and even going into like May and June, they probably all assumed by listening to some of our, you know, people in our, you know, top leaders in the federal government that don't seem that well versed, that it'll be going in the summertime. And by the time you get to the fall, everything would be good. So obviously we know that's not the case. So, <laughs> but, but my thing is, is that even if that was the case, like you see what's going on to at least has said, you know what, let's at least come up with a contingency plan. That's where, like, that's where true leadership is because you step in ahead of the curve. Like I'm not knocking, you know, cause I, I get it. Everybody wants to see the, like everybody wants to see all the sports come back, but you have to do it and do it to a point where you, there is no more concern going forward. Like, and I'm going to be honest with you, leadership in Major League Baseball and NFL, they didn't take that approach to do what it was necessary to keep it going because now they got to pause the season again. Um, well, not in the NFL, but definitely the Major League Baseball, they're pausing the season because of this. So, I mean, pausing at least the season because of the teams that are affected by it. Yeah, and I'll give, the, I'll give Adam Silver and the NBA, they got a little bit of a um... – a jump start because their season was midway through sure. and basically what they did is they just said, Hey, you know, That's we're just going to take the, the top playoff teams that would be like the eight C teams from each side and then add on a few. You can kind of manage that numbers. I'll be curious to see how they would have been able to pull that off. If you had to worry about doing it from jump yeah. and then having all the players from all 30 plus teams down in the NBA, could they have actually gotten that off or not? I mean, you well, have to be to be, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, they have to probably almost be like March Madness where you're starting games 9 o'clock in the morning and running them to uh, <laughs> 11 o'clock at night. And to be honest, it's going to start all over again in another couple of months anyway right. because they, when that season starts in December, nothing's going to really change to the point where they're going to be able to run the season, you know, in different cities again. So the question is going to be how – are they going to handle it with more teams being added into this, the NBA season? And to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised they're thinking about that now. Or, or let's say just for shits and giggles, if you had to, um, then you just block it off east-west. You 
if NBA per se, you say we'll get all the West Coast teams and all the West Coast teams to play all the West Coast teams in one centralized location. All the East Coast teams will play all the East Coast teams in one centralized location. There'll be no, you know, cross back and forth. Might be able to get away with that. But it have to be it have to be a setup where you have almost like the you know we are with Disney where you have one centralized location, but you have enough courts where you can do multiple games at the same time. But is that what's going on right now? Like tonight, yeah. we play two games. Are they playing on two different courts? I believe. So. I believe so. Don't quote me on that, but I believe so. They would have had to because you have one game starting off after the other. You don't have enough time to wipe everything down, disinfect. Right, right, right. So you have one game start right after the other. So I mean, they had three courts to play with. So, and you got the and you got the WNBA playing as well. Yeah. Oh, they're playing in Orlando too. Yep. Yep. Oh, they got their. Well, that's good for the WNBA to get the NBA back in too. And they've been live since last weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've noticed some, some highlights. Also, shout out to them for doing what they was doing as far as um, protesting. I mean, doing their own form of protesting um, when, at the start of the season, walking out of the national anthem um, when yes, the first, season, first game starts. So kudos to the WNBA, um, still supporting them as well um, to continue to do what they need to do as well. Because um, it's not just about the NBA. WNBA uh, has a saying this as well. Right. I guess I like your I like your your idea with the two bubbles because I had my reservations like how would they go about getting all of the sanit you know the sanitation down and cleaning up after everybody. I mean that's some constant mm -hmm. on the go twenty four hour kind of kind of type of work to kind of keep everything sanitary and sanitized so that the players stay healthy. Um but then I, then I thought about it. Like, there's not too many places throughout the U.S. that have a setup like Disney. Sure. To be honest, they could. Do, what about the? I mean, I know they're doing the one in Orlando, but what about the one in California? Isn't there a similar setup that way? You got the, you got the Rucker, not the Rucker. I'm sorry. Um, no, I'm talking about Disney, like Disney World in in um, California. Oh, oh, oh no, they don't have the same. Oh, they don't have the same. Okay. No. I hear that's a lot smaller than Disney World. The way yeah. Okay. Um, but the only thing I could think of is like, doesn't Mellow have like some basketball court somewhere, like a bubble somewhere up in upstate New York or something, um, where there's multiple courts going on? Like they, there's there's locations where there are like six courts, but it's all under one big bubble. Where I think that's something that could be done, but then. Do they have the hotels and such to to house all those players at the same time? I guess where things become an issue, you know. So I don't know. It's the NBA got money and time to sit there and kind of worry about that between now and December. To be honest, they can build, <laughs> but do they have enough time to do that? Though? Mm, yeah, true. Well, you, better, you better go ask um do from um. Dude from the UFC, <laughs> his fight island. Hey, can you guys put up a couple of basketball courts and just have a basketball island? <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, wow. Well, right, we got 
touched on basketball, we touched on football, we touched on somehow the other we came right back to basketball. I don't understand we're talking football, but we got back to the NBA. Oh, football. We could we could talk about uh <laughs> all the players opting out or basically your your brand of football, the college football. Oh, well, you know, I always love college football. You know, all the all the all the seems like just about all the power five conferences are doing um are doing um conference only in ACC actually was able to get uh, Notre Dame, Dame. yeah, which I, I was shocked, but maybe it's not too shocking because Notre Dame didn't want to be left out of the mix because they're independent, so so they probably you know had to take this one on the chin to be able to play in, and maybe they'll Ooh. and maybe they'll opt to stay in because that means they'll be eligible for the ACC championship, but. ACC is going to want some of that revenue that Notre Dame sits on. Yeah. And Notre, Notre Dame ain't giving up none of that. No, they ain't giving up that TV money. They make it, they, they make it hands over fist. That TV deal that they got with NBC. Hands over fist. What is it like? For, for, for perpetuity? <laughs> <laughs> it ain't even good. That's the sad part. I mean, I can see if they were still... I mean, they're decent. They're, they're, they had their years, but for the most part, they're... They're no different than they. Uh, it's just the name. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, dude. Just, just oh. But, yeah, it seems as though all of the the ACC did the 10, 10 conference games plus one. Mm-hmm. And what that plus one is, they, they're allowing to have out-of-conference games with teams that are in their state. So South Carolina could play Clemson. Um, Florida could play Florida State. Uh, Georgia could play Georgia Tech. So they, they, they were slick with that shit, how they did that. And then the Big Ten obviously set the precedent and saying they're just doing 10 in-conference games, but then they kind of screwed um, the SEC and the Big 12 with some out-of-conference games that they had going on. And then obviously SEC Today came out and said they're doing a 10-plus 10, 10 game in-conference schedule. So now that leaves the Big 12. And we know, unfortunately, the Big 12 do not have 12 teams in their league. They only have 10, which means they only can play nine games against one another. That leaves them one game short. I think what the Big 12 is going to allow, what they're going to do, they're just going to allow the schools, in my opinion, to go out there and schedule whatever out-of-conference game that they can schedule. Because Iowa State already lost their in, in-state game with the Big Ten with Iowa. So they went out and scheduled a game with, with uh, Ball State. So I think they're just going to allow teams to go out there and just, if they can find a game to play, go find a game to play. And I would assume that game would have to be probably more than likely in-state. Not necessarily, because I think Ball State is in Illinois. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. The, the Big 12 has to put any restrictions as far as where the out-of-conference game must be. Now, of course, you know, I, I'd be very remiss if I didn't speak of West Virginia in such high fashion, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not speaking highly of them. I'm just speaking of the fact that West Virginia was scheduled to play Florida State in one of the Chick-fil-A kickoff games. But, of course, the ACC is not allowing Florida to play a team outside of the state of Florida. So that kind of lead West Virginia and uh, it will actually screws West Virginia twice because West Virginia used to play Florida State and Maryland. So we lost two games mm-hmm. against two ACC. Mm-hmm. 
So ironically, um, Pitt has an open game on the same day we have an open game because they had to cancel their out-of-conference game with somebody. But will the powers of B allow West Virginia to play Pitt, meaning they're not in the same state, but they're still just there's, there's an hour away from one another? And, you know, and West Virginia has a lower COVID case, low, lower positive positive COVID, uh, COVID test than, say, Pennsylvania. So those are the sort of dilemmas. But uh, I like it. I like the fact that they're going to try. The bigger question is, will they finish? These kids are kids, obviously, just like from your alma mater, E. Them jokers going out there, going to getting their party on, and then affected damn near, what, 20, 15, 20 players on the team? And uh, no, it was a, I didn't know. I know it was that amount. Last time I read, it was maybe like about five or six, but I haven't really been following up. Oh, it's it's up there in the teens now. <laughs> wow. You know, I mean, but it's they're college kids. I mean, you can't tell you. You know, you tell them back when they were still in school. You talk about no, nah, they're going to spring break. They went to spring break. <laughs> I mean, they think they're invincible, and yeah. they still don't listen. You know what I mean? So it's going to be interesting. You know, I, yeah. I I want to see college football finish, but I I'd be seriously I seriously doubt they will. I think they'll get a game of three in and then somehow they'll just something will mess up and they'll get scared and shut everything down. I'm with you. I, I, I really do hope so. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for both college football and college, you know, I'm praying for football, college, and NFL to start and finish. Um, they're going to they're gonna start it. <laughs> <laughs> they will start it by hook or crook is both going to start, whether it be a delay by a week or two. I don't know. They're both going to start it. But I'm with you, Ace. I, I mean, it's like every every at this point, every conference is for themselves at this particular point, because the um, NCAA overall, Emirate had no plan or 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 no guidance on what they should do. So you basically left the conferences to do what they all wanted to do, and they all opted to do, you know, in conference games to try to at the at the most part limit the amount of travel but i mean not everybody plays that close you know anyway so you're not really limiting travel you're just limiting travel going other ways so yeah. i mean um it sounds good but we'll see <laughs> and and i think a lot of these teams are going to be traveling via well west virginia can't but a lot of teams will be traveling via bus or they'll try to reserve planes just for them where no other it's not going to be a, a charter it'll be a charter it won't be any passenger type of driven at southwest whatever type of plane it'll be a nicely clean freshly prepped you know plane for a school to to go and they'll sit right there and they'll they'll probably play the game that day and they'll be they'll probably fly in that day and fly out the same damn day it won't be like how they fly in on the friday you know play the game on a saturday and then maybe leave on a sunday if the game's at 12, they're getting on that plane at 4 a.m., <laughs> touching down <laughs> and heading right out. They might not even shot. It's going to be funky on that damn plane. Like, just, just, just take your sweaty balls and just go on that damn plane. Yeah, they might uh, probably let them shower. Be like, as soon as you shower, got right on that hopper, right on that bus, and we get right out of here. <laughs> ain't no media, ain't no nothing. You just 
you come off the field, shower up, and everybody get out. <laughs> I wonder if it's staggered showers. You know, like, all right, five of you go, got two minutes, out, go, two, out, go. Because, I mean, how else, that's the only way you can really sit there and kind of, you got to do the social distancing thing. I mean, it's, I don't know how else you can go about, because I heard, I heard because of what happened with the, the Marlins that the baseball may make it so that the players get dressed in their room. And then just go straight to the clubhouse and then right to the dugout. Don't even spend time where they're actually changing clothes. And that's what they initially wanted them to do. But then, no, I think it was the NBA that initially wanted the NBA players to dress yeah. Yeah. and do that. But then they opted not to, you know, reverse that decision. I don't know why, man. There's nothing wrong with getting dressed in the room and just heading out, you know, where they don't want to draw any attention to themselves because they're NBA stars. Trust me. Those who, who lust over them know who they are, regardless if they're the 13th man or the bench or they're LeBron James. They know who they are. <laughs> what, makes it worse, what makes it worse is like they're in the bubble. So it ain't like fans and stuff is going to be like, you know, mobbing them at this stage. Like everybody knows who everybody is. Right. I feel you on that. I don't know, man. This is crazy. But it looks as though we might be coming up on our time. Um, it'll be interesting to see how next week, how the, the, the NBA bubble is progressing. Uh, NFL football is starting training camps here in, in the upcoming days. So we'll have plenty to talk about with the NFL. We'll see how the Miami Marlins is doing come next week. <laughs> 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 Their team is still existing. <laughs> It might be a whole new team. They just bring up everybody from the um, from the single eight. And just, just, right. This be the, the B team. Just come on up and take these lumps. Yep. Even, even Derek Jeter may have to come out of retirement. If it ain't Yankees fitted, I don't want it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, man. Next week will be telling because I think we'll have a lot of interesting things to cover coming next week. But with that being said, tell everybody where they can meet you. Uh, you can find me on the Gram, Snapchat, Twitter, J.E. Ross, the number seven. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Twitter, Instagram, I am Al Qualls. And you can find me on Twitter at CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963. So once again, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. Being uh, such great fans and of, the, of, the, of the podcast and just knowing all the ultimate love that you do. Um, we truly do appreciate it. You can find us everywhere. I'm not about to listen to so If you can't find us, something wrong. We're everywhere. Be under a rock, too. Pick that rock up, you'll see us there. Um, well, but that being said, once again, uh, rest in peace, uh, Honorable John Lewis. Uh, you can sorely miss And uh, everybody stay safe. And I, like I said last week, wear your goddamn mask. Please, not for you, for me. I want to live. I want to live. Wait, man. Nah, don't don't please that. Just tell them to wear their mask. Like that should be. Yeah, no, we got that man. Bye. Bye. <laughs>